But AverageMoms.com, the podcast, has brand equity. You should use that soundbite. Use that soundbite in the intro, Alicia. You should use that one too. Use that soundbite too. By the way, this one's not drinking. I got a little drunk at the end of the last podcast. We're average moms with average problems, and you're about to listen to them. Perfect. What was that digging voice? <laughs> uh, that was a text message. Welcome to the AverageMoms.com podcast. You're listening to Alicia, Caroline, and Crystal. We are average moms with average problems, and you're about to listen to them. Alicia, tell us about your labor and delivery. Were you Hmm. a very hippie mother? Did you walk (laughs) into the woods and birth a baby? I'm a gypsy. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be, I wanted, um, I was very, very intent on having a no intervention, um, unmedicated birth. And so I really researched that a lot. Um, are we talking about first birth or second birth? Well, we can talk about both. The second one was a very, very fast. So the first one with Graham, um, you had grand joyous visions of birthing in a field of flowers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I had a really amazing OBGYN team and office that really supported everything. And being in San Francisco, everyone was really, um, like on board with not, not, uh, so unmedicated and, um, un, no intervention type labor, unless it was, you know, an issue otherwise. Um, so that was my plan. I didn't want an epidural. I didn't want any interventions. I just wanted to labor naturally the way that my body was going to do it. And I wanted to, you know, maybe use the tub if I wanted to and, and all those things. Um, I went into labor on a Monday evening and it was like intermittent contractions here and there. We went out to dinner and then we played a bunch of, um, video games. I forget what we were playing on the switch Tetris or some other game. Um, and my labor stalled and it went away. And so I just kind of went to bed and then at nine o'clock in the morning on the Tuesday, I felt a huge contraction and then nothing for hours. And so Hank was like going to go call his mom to come fly out to be with us. And then, you know, nothing was going on. I told him to go to work. And then around like four o'clock in the afternoon, actually, I'm trying to remember nothing really was going on. And then, yeah. Okay. So around like 7 PM after we ate dinner, the contraction started to kick in more around 10 PM. He went to bed and the contractions were going a little bit stronger, but and a little bit closer together. Like they had stalled a couple times. And, um, and then finally at like two o'clock in the morning, they were pretty strong and close together. And I decided to like call the doctor or the, the midwife line and just be like, um, should I go into the hospital? We were about 15 minutes away from the hospital. So is that the first time you called the doctor? Like you just were, you knew you were in labor. You didn't like your first time. I feel like I, I might've peed myself a little and thought my water broke. So like you just were going with it. 
the contractions themselves, I, yeah, I didn't call them because I, I, my water never broke. And, um, I just, I knew that they were just, I did actually call them, uh, initially. And they said, wait until you're five minutes apart and the contractions are one minute long. And I was like, okay. And especially since they were so close, I wasn't too worried about it. But at two o'clock in the morning, I woke Hank up. I was like, we got to go. I think like we're going to go. And mind you, this is three years ago now. So my memory is bad. But um, so we get to the, the triage unit. They check me and they were surprised because they did, like they were like, oh, yeah, you're five centimeters dilated, dilated. And um, uh, we can check you in like you're you're in labor. And I was like, I know I'm in labor. I'm in pain. Oh, that was such a funny thing, too. I was in like ridiculous contractions and it's two o'clock in the morning and the nurse that was checking me in was so like, didn't want to even address me, was like asking me to sign forms. And I was like, lady, I'm ready. Like, I need you to like be a little more active here. She didn't believe you. Yeah, they didn't think that I really was that far along into labor. Well, that's because first-time mothers go to L&D for, like, you know, the slightest little hiccup. I mean, I know I have a false labor story. Anyway, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they were, like, surprised. So they finally, they let me in. And so that was, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. And... um. And then around six o'clock in the morning, I had been in and out of like going to the bathroom, taking a shower, going back into the bed, like just so uncomfortable. The contractions were getting so intense. And at like 6.45 or seven o'clock in the morning, I was calling for the nurse to check me. And I was like, I think I'm done with this. Like, I think I'm going to get an epidural. I just can't do this anymore. Like I have had enough. And, um, the nurse came in and she's like, but you have a your chart that you said that you didn't want an epidural and you're so strong. And I will stab you for even bringing up my birth plan. And I was just like, I know. And then, um, but actually that reminds me when they were putting in the Heplock, which I was mad about because I was like, I didn't want to be plugged into anything. And they were like, but this is just precautionary and it's, it's standard and custom. And like, I was like, fine. And they said it was going to be harder to do later. If I was like, if I needed something immediately, it would, it would just be better. And they would just do the Heplock thing. And just tell people what the Heplock is, just in case people don't know. I'm not like a medical professional, but my understanding of it is that they get a line open up, opened up in your vein, ready to go. So that if you need medicine, they can quickly bring it into your system intravenously. It's a catheter into your vein. I had like one my entire pregnancy. <laughs> Bringing in the the medical uh, the things that I learned. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you're very very knowledgeable about about intravenous fluids and as we all so, do know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was fine. Whatever. And then she comes in and she's like, "You're ten centimeters." you're ready to go, but, um, just like wait a little bit. Cause the doctor's not here yet. And I was like, what? And then, Oh, that's why we're explicit. <laughs> no, but that's like, that's like, Oh God, that's so infuriating. You just want to push. And like, they're like, no, you got to wait. Yeah. So then, um, that was like seven o'clock in the morning. And, um, 
so I was at 10 centimeters, but baby wasn't necessarily in the negative or whatever station that the that Graham needed to be in to be ready to push. And then my labor decided to stall and my contractions just like slowed down and um and nothing was really going. And they kept on coming in and being like, Do you think you're ready to push? And I was like, I don't know. What does that feel like? I don't know what I'm supposed to feel. I don't know what I, how am I supposed to know? I don't feel from all the research that I had done. I was told like, when you're ready to push, your body will start pushing and you will just start doing it and it's natural and whatever. And I was like, I never felt the urge. Like it just never felt like I, and now having gone through a second labor, I kind of know what that feeling feels like now, but I swear at the first with Graham, I did not have that feeling. I just, I just, contractions kept coming and it just, it didn't feel like I was ready to push him out. So they kept on like, trying and asking and whatever. And then my, my contractions were stalling and they were like, well, we're going to need to give you some Pitocin to strengthen your contractions back up so that you can, you know, get to the point that you need to be. And I was like, no, I don't want that. Blah, blah, blah. They were like, we're just going to take you to like a one. And I was like, I don't know what that means, but fine. Ultimately they ended up taking, giving me like three doses of Pitocin. And at this point, how many, how many hours has it been? How long? Well, like since you got to the hospital? Since I had been at the hospital, like that was like, let's say three o'clock, I'm finally in the room. So now it's like one o'clock. So 10 hours and of then, contraction. And then how many hours of contractions? Like, you know, kind of like you can't really do anything else contraction prior to that. At least seven hours. Yeah. Okay. So I've been having contractions now for like, 17 hours your water my water did not break um and my mucus plug was being expelled and on all that but um so they gave me some pitocin and then I think it was like now I don't remember. I think it was like four o'clock I honestly now I can't remember when I actually had Graham because my brain is terrible but um I know that I had like a couple hours with the Pitocin and then they were like, okay, we're going to need you to try to start pushing. And so I, I started to try pushing and long story short, I pushed for just under four hours. Oh, oh my God. Um, <laughs> it's all a blur. Um, and I think now that my memory is coming back, I pushed from like 1 PM till five. So the Pitocin, they, what they gave me at 11, at one o'clock, they said, let's start pushing. At four o'clock, the OB finally came in or like the the um, delivering doctor. At, the reason why I couldn't see her earlier was because she was assisting with a C-section and they were like, just wait for her. <laughs> and then um, she came in and she was like, I'm going to have to cut you if you don't like get this, this pushing business out and done. Um, and you, I got like really scared at that point. And like, I was just like, I don't even also, I had met with almost every single delivering doctor in the, in the practice. And this person I had never met before. So how was Graham during this? Like he was, his heartbeat was well, were you there like monitoring? Yeah. So that was the other thing I was mad because I was like, I don't want the, I didn't want to be hooked up to the fetal monitoring because I had read that like, once you're hooked up, you're, you're bound to your bed. 
And I was like, I don't, I want to be able to walk around. I want to be able to like use the breathing ball and I want to go for a walk and I want to be able to squat and do all these things. And they were like, you can do that, but we're going to still need to put this fetal monitoring thing on you. And I was like, fine. And then they were like, but now you have to stay in your bed. And I was like, this is exactly what I told you I didn't want to have happen. They didn't have the, there were wireless ones of those. They didn't, the one that they had was broken or something. And the one that they put on me kept on slipping. So every like 15 minutes, a nurse would come in and be like, is baby okay? Is everybody okay? And like, re like reset the monitor. And I was just like, I, this is not working out for me. Um, uh, and would you say that, cause they say that like the contractions on Pitocin are worse than the contractions. So you were dilated to 10 before you even really got Pitocin. So was there a noticeable difference in the pain level of the contractions? I don't really remember. It was really all of it was awful. Yeah. Did you have the chosen at all, Carrie? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did not. I did not. I never had any um, pretenses about being <laughs> unmedicated or natural. I was like, give me all the drugs. Make me forget all of this. I don't want to be here, kind of. I, <laughs> I think pitocin contractions are stronger. Um, yeah, so I, 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 um, yeah, I, I mean, I had an epidural, although the second time it didn't, it didn't really work, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was still painful. It was painful before I got to the hospital, you know? So it's like, whatever. But anyway, um, Alicia, so, so from that point, when the nurse told you she would cut, cut you, Gosh. delivering doctor she was like I'm going to have to cut you and so was that like a tough love thing like what the heck is that come on y'all I definitely didn't really feel supported in in that like the I felt too weak to be in the laboring position that I wanted to be in so they had me on my back and like propped up a little bit and then at one point they were like well if you want to use the bar you can like rest on the bar but I didn't feel like I could hold myself up on the bar and I wasn't getting enough of support. And then mentally I was like, I'm not in the delivering position that I should be. So I honestly think it was a little bit of a mental fear and block from me just like being too tense and not letting go and letting my body do what it needed to do. So it was like this mental fear of just the incredible amount of pain that is the ring of fire, which was awful. So, 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 so bad. In the middle of that, in the middle of Graham being pushed out and his head being pushed out, I said, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I was screaming. I cannot do this. And they were like, you can, you have to, he's right here. Don't like, don't hurt the baby basically. And I was like, Oh my God. Um, I am so like kind of outraged at the lack of concern for you. Not that you were going to hurt the baby, but like that they put the pressure on you, like that you're potentially going to hurt your baby because you're giving it all you can to push the baby out. Like shut the, sorry, that just really, really is an insensitivity. Women have been doing this for, I don't know, all of our existence. If birthing a child, like the way you're supposed to be birthing a child if you pause and say, like, hold on, give me a second to recollect myself, that baby, nothing, nothing is happening to that baby other than it's still in the birth canal. So, like, you're not, there's no damage being done. And that, I agree, that infuriates me that you were told, basically, like, 
that you were doing something wrong. Well, and then they used a vacuum at the end to to suction him out, to help suction him out. And I swear he's got a like a mark on his forehead from that. That's he's he's three years old. And I don't I was like, I don't know if that's going to go away. Also, he broke his um, collarbone on the way out. I know there's a medical term for this, but I don't have it. Yeah. So so he came out. He was healthy and and beautiful and everything was fine. Um, I had second degree tearing one stitch um, and as of right now, permanent incontinence. <laughs> we'll see if I can get that fixed. But um, but ultimately, I was also fine, and I don't recall delivering the placenta. I think I was just in shock. But um, or like anything that happened after that. Um, I was nursing him, or or I I didn't really know what to do. I had done so much research on being pregnant and what was going on with the baby in my womb and like the, just the, the stages of pregnancy. And I, wait, let me get Google things. I Googled it. I was Googling a lot of those things. Yes. Did you drink wine? Google things, except you couldn't drink wine, but you Google things. I'm sorry. That's Alicia's, that's Alicia's like tagline. I would drink maybe a quarter glass of wine and that was fine. And Google things. And, um, the baby came out and I was like, I don't know what to do with a newborn. I have no clue. So the nurse was like, the grandma's crying. The nurse came in. Well, did you change baby's diaper? And I was like, no, um, I don't know how to do that. Can you show me how to do that? And I had not been near a newborn. I had not been around babies and none of my friends and, you know, none of the people that we were socializing with in San Francisco at the time had had small children. Um, and I had no experience with it for years and years and years. And then they later the baby was crying and they came in they're like oh well did you try feeding him and I was like no I don't know what I'm supposed to do can you help me and then um actually the lactation consultant that came in was like really terrible too so that was a lot of fun so you might imagine that uh or you might understand why I had a significant amount of postpartum anxiety after having Graham yeah take us through your sort of emotional healing process from that kind of like traumatic birth experience or I don't know if I don't want to characterize it as traumatic unless you would characterize it as traumatic but it just sounds like you had a lot of unfortunate sort of behavior directed I would say that in terms of like perspective, it wasn't traumatic like other women have had, but it was traumatic for me in that I was not expecting such a long labor. I did not realize that I'd be pushing for so long. I did not expect to have trouble pushing him out as much as I did. Um, and I did not expect to be treated by the doctor the way that I was. And she was just trying to motivate me, I'm sure. But like, it was very, um, you know, it was a scary moment. I didn't know if I could get him out. I, I thought he was going to be stuck and get like hurt. And like, I really didn't want a C-section. Um, so, and I was just worried about him breathing and like, I didn't understand any of that, that kind of stuff either. But yeah, so yeah, that definitely attributed to my postpartum anxiety and like, um, Intrusive, intrusive, intrusive thoughts. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, that's where you do like you go like cat- catastrophic on everything, right? Yeah, like oh. we're gonna we're gonna run off the road and and die in a like whatever, or I'm gonna accidentally drop the baby and crack his skull open, or those things. Uh, 
to segue into the other side of the <laughs> the labor with Finn, which was like the complete opposite. Um, I still had the whole thing where I wanted to have unmedicated, un, um, without intervention labor because I'd already done it once. So I was like, whatever, I can do it again. Yeah, and to be clear, you, you never got that. You never got an epidural, and you never got any pain management the first time around. So you Correct. camped through that the whole time, all seventeen hours. I think at the end of the day, it ended up being like thirty-two hours. Okay. Well, I'm just okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Here's to that. Clink, clink, clink. Wait. You know what's funny is they say that don't they say that redheads have a lower pain tolerance? Alicia has red hair, just so everybody knows. But yeah, I thought I read something that there's like some anecdotal that redheads have a is it a lower pain tolerance or a higher pain tolerance? Lower, and they bleed more. So when I was getting the Heplock. The nurse, one of her like tactics for encouraging me to do it. Cause I was like, I don't want that. And I don't, I don't even want it to be an option for any intervention. So I don't want that slippery slope. Yes. And especially now having done a lot of research on it, the more you can push back and the more that you can have um, someone to be your advocate while you're in labor and in a very vulnerable position, the better. And the more you can just say, let's just wait a little bit. Let's just wait a little bit, like the more that you can kind of get what you want, but also just be safe, obviously. But um, anyway, she was like, well, redheads bleed more. So, you know, I'm going to need to do this so that you, I can give you blood or something. I don't, I forget exactly what it was. And then like another nurse later came up and she was like, that was total bullshit, by the way. You can just ignore her. And I was like, there was actually one nurse when I was in labor with Graham, who was like really being a really good advocate for me. She was like, do what you want. And I'm going to be really strong and like protecting your birth plan. Da, 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 da. So she was really great. Thank you for listening to the average moms.com podcast. We got three new plays on episode one and one new play on episode five today. If it's not one thing, it's a mother. <laughs> <laughs>